Welcome into the Juco Weekly Podcast. I'm Mike Fraser of Juco Weekly. This is your podcast for in-game analysis, recruiting news. Also, the four teams have been set for the NJCAA 2023 postseason. Final rankings, you name it, we talk it, Juco football. He's Robert Williamson of Jock Jive. Robert Williamson, how are you? I am doing great, Mike. What about you? Doing well. I mean, the four teams are set. Four solid programs. Uh, what a way to finish. I mean, you look at some of these gut check games in the in the postseason. I mean, Kilgore surviving a fourth and ten against Nimi a week ago. Uh, then they they handle Navarro, win that football game. Man, what a what a tournament we've got here. What a final four. And and the NJCAA did a terrific job once again at uh, honing in on the four programs that have qualified for the 2023 postseason. Got some great football games. The final four got the bowl games coming up in about a week and a half to two weeks as well. Before we get into the show, though, I've got a request. I want to be called something new in the You Pick'em department on the Juco Weekly podcast and also on the website. Wrong Rob. Wrong Rob. Yeah. Uh, if your name was Lenny, we could say here are Lenny's losers, you know. But uh, Wrong Rob. Yeah, yep. man, you took it on the chin. Open three. Mm. Man. Yeah, Man, that's, boy, you can't get any lower than that, tough guy. Uh, well, you know, I, I was going to say things about me. You didn't have to add to it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was a rough week. Uh, you know, I picked uh, Monroe over Sussex. Here's the thing about the Monroe-Sussex game. I was so sure Monroe was going to win that game. I don't even check the score. That one I was sure of. I was like, you know, I got that one. I'm not sure about the other two, but that one I got. I didn't even get that one, man. And then James Lobstein steps up, the quarterback for Sussex, throws for over 300 yards. He's one of our top five performers. And that's Juco football, man. You just don't know from week to week. And that's what we talked about throughout the course of the season. I never valued uh, or devalued a team because of a close win against a team that is under 500 because every program – has division one talent and you just catch teams wrong you look at it at every level of football some teams are just ready to go and are a touch stronger from week to week it's where you catch a team and that matters and that's why i love the system with the njcaa how they go about it i love how they do it particularly in kansas and texas i mean man how they just Every game matters. Regular season games matter. Same for Mississippi, Robert. I know they have a, a playoff system in there. However, every game matters to try to get one of those seeds to continue your season. I love it, too, except if I'm going to pick it. From now on, I may start picking the loser. Who knows? But, uh, you know, hey, so great football <laughs> last weekend. Congrats to the winners. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, those were great games. I mean, Kilgore... Uh, able to hold on uh, against Navarro. And good for Navarro. They got rewarded with the bowl game. I mean, that's a good football team. Dane Jens, a quarterback, uh, a solid program uh, that they run there. And, man, you got, you know, boy, Glenn Davis at Colin loses to East Mississippi 27-20. Happy for him to get a bowl game and for the administration down there in Western Mississippi to accept and want to go play in a bowl game. Uh, Well-deserved. You go 9-2 in that conference. Man, you're special and good for Glenn. 
good for those players. And I tell you who I'm really happy for most is Johnny Daniels because uh, he's been just a flat-out rock star, and I hated it for him. His last touch after he ran 20-plus yards uh, late in the fourth, Colin was driving. He got hit and fumbled it, and East Mississippi recovered it, and that was the ball game because there was only about a minute and a half left. So I just hated that for Johnny Daniels. Look, he's he's an SEC guy. He's on his way to Mississippi State most likely. But you just hate to see a season end for such a quality football player as Johnny Daniels. He'll get a chance now to play in that bowl game against Navarro. Green and kudos to Glenn Davis. 20 years at the helm at Kapaya Lincoln. Last Mac Triple C. Back then it was the Mac uh, JC, I believe, uh, was in 2014. Thought this might be the year. They fall a little bit short. Tied the game up with two minutes to go before East Mississippi. And, of course, uh, you know, the gentleman who's been doing it all year long in QB, Ty, able to hit a long pass and uh, – put East Mississippi ahead. Eventually they win the ball game, but kudos to Colin. And I like, again, you don't have many bowl games in the NJCAA, but the teams that are in rewarded for great seasons. That's right. Three bowl games and they kick off December one, another one, December two, and then a matinee on uh, Sunday, December three. And uh, next week on the podcast, we'll break down those bowl games and, and really get in depth on four teams and the matchups. We'll also talk recruiting next week. Uh, uh, but but right now, uh, boy, you look at these four teams, and let's take a look, Robin, at the Juco Weekly Top 15. Uh, you have uh, Hutchinson, uh, no surprise there, number one. Uh, at number two, Iowa Western. Uh, number three, Kilgore. Uh, number four, East Mississippi. Uh, number five, Snow. And then Cole Lynn, six. Your thoughts on those six? Hey. Top teams in the country. I mean, they through the course of the season have proven themselves to be the best five or six teams in the nation, four of those rewarded advancing on. I can't complain yet. Now we're going to get a little further into the polls and you know, I'm going to do a little complaining. It's my nature, but uh, with your first five or six, I'm good. What do you have? Seven through 10, seven through 10, Mississippi Gulf coast. Navarro is eight. Trinity is nine and Dodge city is 10. I can still live with that. Now you got a Navarro squad that has lost four games but they did go to the SWJCFC championship game. So I can live with a Navarro at number eight. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, they're playing extra football games against quality teams. We reward those teams. We're not going to drop them really far in pole. That's been a consistent pattern that we've done over the last three years. Uh, you look at the record and go, what? But you have to also factor in, you need to look and do a deep dive into the, why there's six and four. Look, they made it to the SWJCFC championship game. That matters. And in that 15, last five, have? yeah, that last five, you've got Northwest at 11. Jones at 12. Northeast Mississippi is 13. New Mexico military, 14. And Lackawanna, 15. You know that I'm going to step in here and say. Here we come. There is a Georgia military college bulldog squad that went seven and four, knocked off your number 15 team twice during the regular season, took a snow, your number what, six team in the country to OT. As a matter of fact, should have won the ball game in regulation, but their only missed extra point kick of the year came against snow. So, Hey, where's Georgia military, man? 16. <laughs> okay. Hey, now what about at two now? Jones, Jones, if you extrapolate 
the win against Colin. You take that out of the scenario, they played teams, they beat teams that were 12 and 33. And they were beaten by a two and seven team. Well, that South Division in Mississippi, I have a tremendous amount of respect for, you know, and they were banged up and they still won games and were able to make it. See, that's where you got to look in into the numbers. You know, they they had their quarterback, DJ Smith, out for a while. They were, I think, fourth on the depth chart in the running game, and they were still winning games to get to that last game of the year, November 2, against Mississippi Gulf Coast. But you just didn't have – you didn't have an army to go up against uh, that quality football team, and and they got blanked. Um, look, you go you go six and three. And you have a record that you do in that South Division. You're a good football team, and that's why uh, you know I, I put Jones up in there. Nothing against Lackawanna, nothing against Georgia military, but you only could put 15 in, and that lost to Jordan. Look, that lost to Georgia military head to DePage. You know that's a that's a D three program, man. You know that just that just hurts. That is that is tough to come back from in the JW poll. Now they rebounded and beat Lackawanna, and I really really like what Rob, Rob Manchester does. He is a good guy on top of it. Uh, so, but you know that that's how we came up by by putting Lackawanna in there, uh, uh, in the top fifteen. Okay, I would put them in my top 15. You didn't. Can we tie them with Lackawanna at 15? I mean, you had them sure. at 16. Okay. All right, we get we get a little concession out of this. You have got Hutch and Dodge City representing Kansas. Mississippi is represented by most of the conference. Okay, maybe not most of, but Mississippi Gulf Coast, Jones, Northwest, Northeast, Colin, and East Mississippi. Southwest Junior College Football Conference has four Kilgore, New Mexico Military, uh, Trinity Valley and Navarro, Iowa Western representing Iowa and the independents represented by Snow College and Lackawanna. All right. Last week, biggest performances for you, the five guys that stood out last week. Look, uh, really love what Caden Meredith did. He rushed for over 100 yards a game, and those were some tough yards for Kilgore. He rushed the ball effectively. Was just absolutely, uh, uh, just absolutely instrumental in Kilgore being able to continue to move the ball down the field and chew up the clock. Then Kilgore quarterback Tyler Webb. Remember Cam Peters out fractured his right hand possible listed as possible right now versus Iowa Western coming up uh, in about a week and a half and Webb stepped in there got the job done hit some key passes didn't turn it over and just had a lot of poise in the pocket and really that's a credit to Kilgore's coaching staff to be able to recruit guys and go on that depth chart and go down to a quarterback when you lose your guy in Tyler Webb against a very good Navarro team. He's my number two. Raymond Blackman with a big catch for East Mississippi that led to the to the uh, MA Triple C Championship uh, victory uh, late in that football game. He had a solid game. And then, hey, James Lobstein, what an effort for Sussex County. Threw for over 300 yards in that victory over Monroe. You throw for 300 yards. That's a heck of a day. That's a heck of a day for you. And then my last guy, Colin, running back, uh, Johnny Daniels. He is just one tough customer. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm happy for him that he gets another crack at it against Navarro. But he was absolutely um, just just absolutely electric 
uh, for Colin uh, in that football game, uh, even though they fell 27-20. You're five. Two of my five are the same as two of your five. And then, of course, Jan, Johnny Daniels at Colin, who also, by the way, caught three passes for 52 yards and a touchdown in addition to his running for 135. My other guy that you picked as well is Raymond Blackman. Five catches, 126 yards, 31 per. A 79 was the long and a couple of touchdown receptions. Those are the two that we not necessarily Everybody else we disagree on, but those are the two that we see as a common point. I've got the uh, Tyrian McCoy from Navarro, who had 10 rushes for 141 yards, 65 is long, a couple of touchdowns, and he uh, rushed for about 14 yards per carry. I like what McCoy did also on that Navarro squad. Ty Marsh, as we go to the defensive side of the football, 12 solo tackles, one pass breakup. And uh, you look at what he did during the regular season. He had twice as many tackles this week as he averaged in a ball game over the course of the regular season, which indicates to me Ty Marshall in that championship game stepped it up a notch. When it came to big-time needs, he performed in a big-time way. And then, of course, why can't I recognize a kicker? I mean, you know, we're looking for the top five. How about Cole Arthur? at East Mississippi. Now, granted, no long field goals. He was two for two in the field goal department, and the longest was only 29. And he hit all three of his extra points, but that's nine points. They won by seven. He accounted for nine of those. So, hey, if he's not doing what he did, then maybe Colin wins the MA Triple C. He did, and he's one of my top five. He did pull in with an early lead in that football game. And, uh, man, East Mississippi just made the right adjustments in the second half. And even then, you know, when East Mississippi took the lead 2013, boom, Colin comes right back and punches it in the end zone. Uh, and then uh, really one of the most, um, I think uh, the Ty Keys touchdown pass really was something that was just a microcosm of who he is. He rolled to his left, was on the move. Had a gap to run, but did not give up on his receivers. And while running, just forked his body and launched it downfield uh, to Blackman for the catch and the touchdown. That right there, that just shows you the athleticism uh, on Ty Keys. That's what it took to beat Cole in. That was a great football game. All right, Mike, what was your big takeaway from this past week? My biggest takeaway. I'm going with Tyler Webb, the quarterback at Kilgore, to step in there in a game that Kilgore really needed to win. They may not have gotten into the NJCAA National Tournament if they lost. You know, you don't know. And he was just methodical, didn't make any mistakes. You didn't know what a backup would do in such an important moment. And he came right through, didn't make any mistakes. That, to me, stood up because when I heard Right away, that, that Cam was out. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah, Meredith stepped up, but that quarterback, he's the leader in that huddle. He has his hands on the football on every snap. Tyler Webb is the most surprised, is, is, is the one big takeaway I have. My big takeaway from the week, I've got to hand out kudos to the pollsters with the NJCA committee. I think the process was very good. There is not a unflawed process in any method of picking but i think they've got it as right as you can get it during the course of the regular season there was 12 poll pickers and they would lop off 
the high and low score for each team. That kind of balances things out. And the picking process would be your one-ranked team gets 15 points, your 15-team gets one, and, you know, the, the gap in between. When you got to the end of the year and you're deciding the final four who will advance and still have a shot at the national championship, the polls directly affect who the four are. And my concern was, okay, do you still have the same guys picking? And if you do, why weren't there more people picking in this last poll? If you look at the numbers and you see a decrease in the number of votes, you're like, why weren't they picking? Well, there is an explanation, and it's a very good one. And that is that teams that had representatives on the poll that were directly tied to a potential top four team didn't get to cast a vote. Now, there's a session prior to voting in which you can lobby you can make your appeal and you can make your case but if you were one of those teams that might be one of the four then you didn't get to vote i think that's the right way to do things and i think the njcaa did it right the process was right in determining the top four it doesn't matter whether you got four or you got 64 teams you're always going to have somebody on the bubble and they're going to have a valid argument as to getting in, but the process to pick those four, I think was done right. And that's my big takeaway this past week. I agree. I thought the way they handle it and the way they go about it, uh, you're right. You can go four teams, you can go six teams. You're always going to have that one or two teams on the outside looking in. And the fact that they put all the, the benchmarks in place to make this uh, fair, a correct in a uh, a process that people can follow and understand who who are not in that circle, but once the results come out, they can easily follow and connect the dots on how the committee came to their decisions. So yes, absolutely, terrific job by them. That is not an easy thing to do, and uh, uh, they've got the, the the four teams that they picked. Uh, I'm with you. I thought they did it in a very uh, professional, honest, and a uh, a manner that uh, that they can that they could probably stand by. No, no doubt about it. Because that, as you know, Robert, it's tough. Very tough. But again, kudos to the guys. I mean, you 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 know, there's no perfect method, but that was darn close. Well, uh, now we've got the matchups. Go ahead, Robert. What do you have? Well, yeah, the matchups. That's what I wanted to talk about. You got. Uh, East Mississippi and Hutch, you got Kilgore and Iowa Western. I know we're too far out to make some predictions. And, and plus, I don't want to jinx anybody. If I made a prediction, you know, <laughs> curse one team and not the other. Uh, but uh, I love these matchups, though. Oh, they are fantastic matchups. I mean, man, you look at uh, take number one Hutch. This will be their, what, uh, 27th uh, postseason appearance, 16 uh, 8 and 2 all time. Second time ever Hutch is playing a Mississippi school, so that's rare. You know, the last time they played a Mississippi school, they clobbered Hines 66-34 in the uh, Salt City Bowl back in 2021. And, uh, man, they're solid. <laughs> I mean, where they've been. Look at their numbers for Hutch. 32 consecutive NJCAA rankings. That's third all-time in the program. 45 straight polls that they've been in. Is is a record for him. That was from 2010 to 2013. Then from 2018 to 2021, they've been in third. They were in 38 straight polls, and they've been number one this year for 12 consecutive weeks. And the list goes on. What a job 
Drew Dallas does. I'll tell you this about Drew. If he hangs around long enough at the JUCO system, he I don't know, he may have aspirations to move on to the Division One level. You know, he's got his own coaching tree where he has contacts. Maybe eventually he moves on, or maybe he stays at the, at the JUCO level. If he stays, he's a young guy. He's winning at a quality in a quality conference with a quality program. That guy is a future NJCAA Hall of Famer because the man can recruit. The man can coach inside of a football game, and he's got a personality that attracts players, and he can handle the thoroughbreds, the blue-collar guys, and guys that need motivation. And credit to him and his staff. Look, you got to put a staff together for all this as well. But the buck stops with Drew. Uh, just very impressed. Got to meet him last year down in Florida uh, and visit with them for a while. First-class guy. And, of course, on the other side of the football, I mean, man, you talk about winning national championships. They had to build extra trophy shells for all the hardware they've won at East Mississippi. So those two teams meet, and they're one in four, but East Mississippi is playing their best football of the year at the right time of the year. Boy, they are. And, heck, they as soon as Buddy Stevens, the head coach of East Mississippi, retires, they're going to name buildings after him in scuba. I mean, you know, um, uh, Bull Cyclone Sullivan – uh, has a statue out there on the campus in scuba. Well, when Buddy retires, there'll be one out there for him. He has national titles in 2011, 213, 214, 217, 218. And he's back in it again uh, uh, this year. So, and you do it uh, in a quality league, you know, they're out to get you. Buddy's the big bad wolf down there. Buddy's the guy that, you know, he's he's the benchmark. You know, he's the measuring stick. You beat Buddy, you can walk around on your campus for that next week as a coaching staff. Hey, man, you guys did something. And 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 Buddy Stevens, again, another future Hall of Famer. He's a lock for East Mississippi. He's a lock for the NJCAA whenever he retires. So uh, they just get the job done. Fourth in total offense, what, 425 yards a game, high keys. 29 touchdown passes. He's thrown for 268 a game. You know, I know we don't want to get too far ahead, but and we've got to do our homework on this, Robert, and we do. Um, but just my initial reaction is I don't see how East Mississippi is going to be able to run the football on Hutchinson. Uh, so it's going to be up to guys like Ty Keys and Blackman uh, and, and all that. You know, you look on the other side of the ball with uh, Samari Collier, you know, he can throw it, he can run it. Um, you know, they've got a nice balance. Of course, they've got wild cards on there like Trey Richardson. So we'll get into it next week uh, and all that. But that's just what jumps out at me about those two teams. Great history, terrific coaching, and two programs that excel in the postseason. And, of course, in the other football game, you've got Iowa Western taking on Kilgore again, another set of great coaches. And, two, you know, I don't know how much stock we put into home field advantage, but it is definitely tough to beat Iowa Western in their home state and on their home turf. What's the weather forecast? That's the first thing you need to look for out there at Council Bluffs, right? What if there's a foot of snow, Robert? <laughs> that's it a problem be. now for Kilgore. You yeah. know, that's a problem. Um it's early December, so maybe Kilgore can catch a break. How cold is it going to be? That is the first thing you need to look at, Robert. That seven-day forecast, that's what you need to look at if you're Kilgore, and that's what they'll look at if they're Iowa Western. Uh, as far as the talent, man, 
loaded with D1 guys on both sides of the ball. And if you're Kilgore, just look at the depth you have at wide receiver and sophomore Michael Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix, what, ranks ninth in yards per game with 70. Uh, he, he's just a stud. Uh, they are really, really a good football team. Hayden Meredith has just powered the football. Had 100-plus yards rushing last week. Uh, solid on that side. Then you've got uh, Iowa Western. It's six nationally in rushing. Uh, they can move the football. Uh, their defensive lineman, boy, start where you want. How about Clev Lubin? Leads the team uh, with, with 10 sacks, which is third nationally. They are just an impossible force to move defensively. Their quarterback, Hunter Watson, he's a redshirt sophomore. This guy is tough, man, Robert. This guy runs hard. This guy runs with a vengeance, man. I'm, man, this was a, this another really good, good quality football game. And where Iowa Western is concerned, really, if you take away one corner of football, they could be the number one team in the country. And that was that fourth corner against Hutch. If they play in the fourth like they did in quarters one, two, and three, they're the top-ranked team playing East Mississippi, and Hutch is playing Kilgore. But it just didn't happen that way. No doubt. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. And and you got to look at that injury report, too, because that matters. You know, these guys have been banging the bodies now for 10, 11 games. That's going to matter. This week off is golden for each one of these four programs to be able just to lay low and just kind of get your legs back a little bit. Um, also, the travel, I think, is a key. People overlook this, Robert. You know, the, these are not Division One programs that can fly charters around. So if you're Kilgore, you know, if you're Kilgore, you got to give, you, you just have to make sure that your guys have their legs. So you need to get there an extra day in advance. So, you know, I don't know if it's a Saturday or Sunday game, December 2 or 3. So if it's the Saturday game, uh, you know, you want to get in town, check into that hotel by Thursday afternoon and give these guys a full 48 hours to get their legs back and get settled in. That matters. Well, that's it for this week's Thanksgiving edition of the Juco Weekly Podcast. By the way, Mike. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving there in Chicago. I guess you're going to be with family and friends over the course of the next few days. I have no friends, but family, yes. <laughs> uh, well, hey, have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week for the Juco Weekly Podcast. All the best, Robert. That's it for this week's show. Be sure to download the Juco Weekly Podcast each week, as you'll not find this type of coverage anywhere in the podcast space. For Juco's, we are your one source for in-depth coverage and analysis of NJCA football from around the country. For Mike Frazier of Juco Weekly, I'm Robert Williamson. So long, everybody.